Hey TSL fam, producer Jeff here, coming off a wonderful AFF where I had such a great time meeting so many of you. But because of AFF and just some other busyness in our lives, we're playing catch up on production, so we have a really, really wonderful supercut this week. Um, we did something similar to this in 2021 where we ask our guests the same three questions at the end of every show. So very exciting. We're actually going to be releasing two episodes this week. This is part one of our supercut, wherein we ask our guests the same three questions to kind of hear what they can illuminate with their answers. So in terms of the guests you'll be hearing today, just for the sake of ease and having the list as a reference, I did include the names of all of the guests who spoke on this supercut in the description below, so you can check it out there. But in the meantime, enjoy today's episode and make sure you stay tuned because we will be releasing a part two with more of these responses on Monday. The first question we ask is, what brings you the most joy when it comes to writing? Um, definitely the first draft of, definitely the first draft, not necessarily of an original idea, but I definitely was working on another spec that I sold. I was, I turned in the first draft. I was talking to my manager about it. He was giving me notes and he said something that I'll never, he's like, isn't this great? It's just us doing this. And you know you don't have like BS studio notes. You, you're not. It's just, it, and it's true. That's the fun. Like, you're you're, you're making something. We're making something. We're putting it on a show. It's on a piece of paper or it's a digital file. But still, we're doing it. So yeah, and also coming up with the Eureka idea. Like those, that feels great. And you get so excited, you just want to leave the dinner you're at and go sit down and like jot it down awesome. that's the joy i love that all right on the opposite side of that what pisses you off the most about writing the feeling of not being like we were talking about earlier of yeah not being able to figure out something that feels insurmountable you never get over the fear of that that of that feeling <laughs> that your self-doubt uh, when you have that feeling that you're just like, a, you know, am I a fraud? Every writer has that feeling at some point in a project. And like, that's the worst feeling. But then another, the second best feeling is getting past that and figuring it out, which you will do. That's, that, that is me, you know, rewind. From this. your lips to God's ears, yes. the writing is God's. Can you send us the mat? video to remind yes. us <laughs> I want the mat video oh you know, my you god have do, you have to do it it has to be no yours. I want you to do it I want yours <laughs> doesn't make I don't believe the old me so you know, at least I have to be the old you if I did a video right now I'd be like just quit just go to just go just forget it this is just it's over just go on the tour of Japan you want to do just go <laughs> all right so our last um and by the way, just today, everybody gets to that stage and I will move through it and then I'll do my own video, I swear. Um, okay, so the last question is, uh, if you could be remembered for one scene you've written, which one would it be and why? Oh, wow. It would be maybe the scene that I kind of was the spark of Free Guy, which is like, what if you put on these glasses and like you suddenly could see this world around you. And I had that scene pretty perfectly pictured in my head. It's kind of what I wrote in that first draft and it still is in, the, it is in the trailer. And, uh, and it gives me chills every time I have seen it. I've seen it like three or four times now. And, you know, to, uh, so I guess that would, 
be. I'm, I'll probably yes, think of the real answer later today, but. Um, no, the scene that gives you chills, of <laughs> course, that that's one of them. They gave you, it's still giving you chills. It's amazing. What brings you the most joy when it comes to writing? Losing myself in the moment. Like when you lose time and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just lost time. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's great. Okay, now it's my turn. What pisses you off about writing? Lorraine, it's what you talked about this week. It's when you're sitting there and that anxiety fills you and it's like you're doing it. And it's like, once you finish, you just feel so empty, but not just empty. You feel depressed on top of the empty and you just don't know what to do. Yeah, that. And yes, like that. also that. Yes, <laughs> sames. We're sames. Same, <laughs> sames. Yes. Yeah. Um, and finally, Monique, um, up to this point in your career, because obviously there's so much more that you have to do, but up until this point, what's a scene that you would most like to be remembered for? when people talk about your legacy as a writer? Oh gosh, it's still unfolding. Can we not do that yet? I don't yeah, know. That's, that's fair. Okay, let's do this because that's fair. It, we're all going to watch your movie that's coming out today when this is aired on Sunday. Can you tell us what scene you're most proud of in that movie? Yes, so that's, I'll, I'll do that one. So um, one of the, one of the another thing that Hallmark was, uh, is really trying to do is to show different types of love and not just a sexualized love, whether it's heterosexual love or same-sex love. It is the way we love each other as family. And so in a holiday in Harlem, it's more than it just about the best friends reuniting and seeing whether or not they should be a couple. It's really the heart of the story is about a woman who is not able to commit to a relationship or to love until she learns to heal from the wounds of her parents' divorce. And so that scene for me is epitomized in the mac and cheese scene. Now, if uh, mac and cheese, as many, I didn't know there was this great documentary on Netflix. It's a mac and cheese was actually created by James Hemings, Sally Hemings' brother when he was with Thomas Jefferson um, in the 1700s. And it might've existed, but the way we know it in, the, in, the, in America, in the United States macaroni pie, James Hemings brought it back and he created this dish. And so mac and cheese has always been a really, really big dish in the African-American community. And it's different than just getting a craft box um, because what it does is it conveys culture. And there's, there's this one thing with the grandmother, Mama Belle, the mother, and our, and our lead Jasmine are, the mother Barbara and Jasmine are, um, they're connecting and Jasmine is really figuring out that home is actually where she's wanna be. She's jet setted, but home is actually where she wants to be. And they're like, do you want, she, is she ready? And it's, it all takes place over mac and cheese. And it's this beautiful montage and it's, it's so loving. And it's so, so fun and so rich. And it was, it's really that, that three generations of love that actually empowers her to be ready to move forward in her life. So that's my favorite scene. I mean, this uh, is already my favorite movie and I haven't I seen it yet. I'm, I'm literally crying. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's trauma healing with yes. mac and cheese and a montage and a rom-com. Like, oh my God, like, I can't wait. Ultimate comfort food, right? I mean, yes. I, I cannot wait for Sunday. Sean, uh, what brings you the most joy when it comes to writing? Uh, the most joy. I think it is that it's sort of infinite possibility. You know, like I love first drafts. That's my favorite thing. 
that's, that's pure joy. That's fun. Um, because it's like, it's a new thing. It's a new world. It's new characters. Um, and that's something that's unique to what we do is you can always escape to a new thing. Um, you know, and, and it is just purely creative. Uh, and I love that about it. Like when I get down on a project, it's usually the next project that rescues me. It's like, okay, I, you know, I'm down on it until another idea dawns on me. And I'm like, ah, okay. I love that. And that helps with the thing I'm working on too, because I remind myself why I like this. Um, you know, and then revising is just a nightmare, but, <laughs> but that first draft I love, um, when it's just, you're just getting to the end, you're just beginning to end barreling through, you're completely absorbed in it. You know, that's the magic. All right. So what pisses you off about writing? About right. What pisses me off about revising? Um, what pisses me off about writing is it's not about writing, but I think sometimes this is going to sound like writing, but like sometimes people don't understand what we do and it gets minimized. Uh, and that, that can be very frustrating when it's like, ah, oh, it's just the writer. And it's like, it's just the writer who hatched this whole thing out of nothing. I don't think that's a gripe. I think that's reality. I was listening yeah. to a James Bond documentary and they were talking about a, one of the movies that didn't work. And in passing, they're like, well, it was during the writer guild strike. And then they just keep going. Like the whole movie doesn't work because they don't have a script. They never mentioned the writer's name. Right. They yeah. never mentioned anything as if it's just this little elf that came in and didn't show up one day. It was insane. Yeah. I tell it's not a gripe. I'm totally with you. It's yeah. And there are people who really do like we have champions in every area and most people are great about it. Every so often you run into the people like just it's like you typed a thing and you're like, you don't go try and do it once. And then your perspective will change because there's so much more involved in it. And it's like, I mean, I was doing a movie and, and between drafts, like, you know, and the producer's like, what did you do between these two drafts? Because it's a whole different thing. Like it's emotionally more resonant. And I was like, I, I can't really explain it. <laughs> like, but it takes time and it's a process and it's, it's, but I think oftentimes it's because people don't know, like they haven't gone through it. So they don't know how much is involved. Uh, and like every time you have to like do a whole big rewrite that just gets you two new lines, but they're two key lines. Right. And it's, um, but most people like are great about it. Most people do appreciate what we do. It's just when they don't that you're kind of like, come on, <laughs> this was hard. What I did. <laughs> Look. Yeah. That's, it's valid. Yes, it's frustrating. I agree with you. Uh, okay, so if you could be remembered for one scene you've written, what would it be and why? Mm -hmm. That is a hard one. Uh, I, I think it's a scene actually in a movie I wrote a while ago that has not gotten made, but it gets me work. Um, and and I think part of the reason it does is because it's, it's this, it's this like small little kind of almost murder mystery thriller thing about this like 17 year old kid who's trying to stop a murder. It's not a kid's show though. It's like, it's a very dark thriller. Um, but it's this, this, this character who like the world has just been bad to him, like his whole life. Like it's not fair, like how cruel it's been to him. Uh, and as a result, he's, like he sees himself as he has to do everything. Um, and there's this weird scene in the middle that I love where he's trying, he's stealing food from these people who've left on a barbecue and they catch him 
And they, in the middle of all this stuff he's doing, they make him stop and eat with them. And it's the only kindness he's ever been showed. Right. And he keeps going on for the rest of his thing. Um, solves the murder, all the stuff. Um, and then we cut to, and this is the scene I love. We cut to the, that couple and they're, they're just cooking and, you know, and the wife pokes the husband and she points at the window and the kid's standing outside and he's just standing there and they go out and, and it's the scene where they're like, are you okay? And it's the first scene he ever asked anybody for help. Um, and I get people who read it years ago and they're like, what happened to that? Like, and they remember that scene because it's weirdly moving because it's, and I think it's a thing we kind of relate to because it's, it's a character who is never vulnerable, you know, which is a thing we all do. It's like we protect ourselves, you know, and through the archivist gets to a point where he does this one simple thing that, you know, is the hardest thing for him to do. Cause it's the hardest thing for anybody to do, which is to say, I need help with this. Like, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't, you know, I've seen the limits of my, my, my capacity and like, and it's a simple thing, you know, it, it wasn't like, help me stop a murder. It's just like, help me keep my family together, help me do life. And it was, it's, um, it's, it's, it was gratifying writing it. And it's gratifying when you run into people you haven't seen. And they're like, I remember that. Um, so. That's amazing. I love that. That's Super awesome. Moving. What brings you the most joy when it comes to writing? Um, does it have to be actually in the process of writing? Because the no. thing that gives me actually the most joy is when you hear from people, whether it is, as you were talking about earlier, Meg, your manager, your, your, your reps, or, or, or if it is strangers who write to you and talk about a moment, um, that that's really what we're doing is we're creating moments it's all about it landing over there with that person and creating an effect with that person and to hear that you actually did um, that to me is the most amazing part. Agree. And Lorraine's going to ask right. number two. What pisses you off about writing? <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. It's like a Jenga thing, you know, like that game where it's like, if you pull one string, then the whole thing falls apart, you know, and it's the, if then that, that is, it's really hard. It's like, um, and I always say like the worst thing you can do if you're in that stage of trying to break story and figure it out is like, go watch your friend's um, premiere of their film or something. Cause then you're seeing something that's totally done, totally in like it's perfect finished product. And you'll just be like, I'm never going to get to that. And I actually had that experience with, I may destroy you. I watched the entire thing, binged it on a plane when I was coming back and we were just in post-production. Like I wasn't even in the story breaking part, but we were in post-production still trying to like figure out the show. And I was like, well, I'm never gonna make anything that good. <laughs> like, you know, um, it's very challenging to watch good television while you're trying to make your own television. But look, it is it is hard. It is really hard. And, um, and that is, and you know, it's just, just figuring out how all the pieces go together and the if then of it all you know and I and I do think that um people should just acknowledge more like the head banging frustrating sweating crying yeah. whatever part of it <laughs> the many many drafts part of it all right yeah. last question is um if you could be remembered for one scene you've written which one would it be and why oh well I only have my most recent show, of course, most on my mind, and that's my own baby, you know, and um, 
I will defend the ending that has been controversial till my dying day, because I believe that it was not only dramatic in terms of like, if she had just decided to stay with her husband, like, okay, I'm going to make it work with my husband then there's for sure no season two, you know? And so it's dramatic and then it's cinematic because she's running through the streets of New York and you've got the lights and the dresses going and, and all of that. But it's also a woman saying, it's not enough. You know, what you're trying to tell me is enough, is not enough. And I want more. And it is celebrating or at least allowing for appetite <laughs> and, and, um, and to say like, it's okay to question your life and to question what everybody tells you is supposed to be fine. And to say, I want more and, um, and to run through the streets of New York to try to get it <laughs> in a very glamorous sort of way. Awesome. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I love it. And I can remember like the moment when I first saw it in the director's cut and it gave me goosebumps. What brings you the most joy when it comes to writing? I think in a way, when I discovered writing, creative writing 30 years ago, I felt like I'd discovered this magical alchemical formula of transforming pain into joy. And that has never got old you know, especially in the kind of comedy I write, the worst thing that ever happened to me could be the source of someone's greatest pleasure. And that that never never stops being magical, I would say. So beautifully said. That's cool. It's amazing. And what uh, pisses you off about writing? I'm going to sort of slightly sidestep that question by saying that the, the amount of producing I have to do pisses me off. I mean, the amount of time I have to actually write seems pathetic compared to the amount of time I spend emailing people, phoning people, trying to make things happen. And that gets to me. I just like, I want to write. I don't want to have to constantly being nagging people and preparing free work for pitching to outline to all this other crap, which is just so unavoidable. And I haven't figured out how you not, you can't do that. You know, you have to just, as part of the process, but it feels like almost the entire process sometimes. Yeah, totally. I have this like fantasy. I'm going to hire an assistant and he's going to do all that. But of course, <laughs> what's never going to happen? Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a crazy idea. Let's but... make it happen, Meg. Oh, Let's God. say ne- this time next year, you're going to have an amazing assistant. All right, dear. From your the list. day is in history. October magic. 14th. There we go. All right. Last um, last question. All right, Lauren, you asked the last question. If you can be remembered for one scene that you've written, what would it be? There's a scene in the movie I co-wrote called Four Lions, where, which is a comedy about suicide bombers. One of the few comedies about suicide bombers. But there's a scene where they're driving to their attempted terrorist site and they start singing. And it just totally works in a way that it totally shouldn't. I'm amazed we pulled it off and I'm really proud of that. It's awesome. Great. What brings you the most joy when it comes to writing? Oh, so I have to answer this. <laughs> yes, yeah, 
yes, this what is your question. Most joy? Um, okay, the most joy, uh, what gives me the most joy when it comes to writing? I would say, you know, when, when people come up to me in the bathroom, if I've written something that, that has resonated with people and like I'm in the bathroom, this is so weird. I don't know what's always in the bathroom, but like women come up to me and they'll be like, they'll be like, oh, that thing that you did, that spoke to me because I'm going through that too. And I don't know why that, that to me feels like, it's like putting a message in a bottle and you're, you spend all this time crafting the message and putting it in the bottle and then you just sort of throw it to the universe. And like, you know, sometimes it goes out to a lot of people cause it's a blockbuster. And sometimes it goes out to like just a few people at a festival, but knowing that it, that it landed with somebody is like a thousand times better than any, you know, any other kind of kudos for me. So that, that, that is my favorite part of writing is when I feel like it actually reaches somebody. Oh, love that. Lovely. All right. Now it's my turn. This is my style of question. <laughs> what pisses you off about writing? Uh, about writing or about the industry? Let's say less. Yeah. Oh, either one. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> either one. Um, what pisses me off about writing? Well, I think I think that sometimes it's it's really hard to know how long something's going to take. Um, that that is hard because I'm I'm somebody who really likes to Tetris my schedule just so that I make sure I have time to do the things I want to do. And uh, you know, I like to really have a I try to have a sense of like you know, maybe it's a control element for me or, or something, but I like to know like, all right, I'm going to get this done in 12 weeks and then we'll have a two week reading period. And then I'll come back and I'll have six weeks for notes, but it's never that way. It's never that way. Like sometimes it, it's a good way in which I had scheduled, you know, several weeks of rewrites before it went into the studio on this pilot. And now we didn't have that period. So I can like slot other things in, but I will say that I, I, I wish I had more sense of like what I, I literally have no idea what 2022 is going to look like it could be me shooting a movie in Puerto Rico or it could be me doing this tv show in London or it could be me like having 100% free time and starting new projects like I, I have absolutely no idea so I think that's the thing I don't like about about writing is just how much uncertainty there is with with your life I feel that deeply I feel that yeah all right Jeff you get to last ask the last question Yes, uh, Nicole, if there's one scene that you've written that you could be remembered for, what would that scene be? Oh, Lord. <laughs> God, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, I really, I mean, I love, I love the slows because it's very personal to me and I, and I directed it. So I guess I feel more, I feel more like it's a hundred percent my vision. So I, I really love the, um, the birth scene in the slows. Um, but, uh, in terms of like something I, I feel really proud about that will probably be remembered by a lot more people. I, I really love the, um, the scene where Groot protects his friends with his cocoon of branches as they're sort of plummeting towards the planet. That one I think is, um, that one is, is, is something that I feel like is very representative of my feelings of wanting to protect my community. So, um, that I guess would be would be the one I would want to be remembered for if I got hit by a meteor right now. <laughs> I wept. I was like, how is it possible that like a visually animated tree is making me weep in the theater? <laughs> so that just speaks to how beautifully written that scene is. So beautiful. Totally. What brings you the most joy in your writing? What brings you the most joy as a writer? I feel like um, I am always happiest getting to uh, explore questions that I can't answer. Like returning to, returning not to things that I only know a lot about, but where my passion connects to also a lot of, a lot of um, unanswered questions. And I feel like it always gives a nice searching quality to the story. 
and less like, here's a lesson I'm going to teach you. It's more like, come on this journey with me. Love that. And I, yeah. I like stories that have a searching quality. Um, yeah. What, yeah, that's a happy place. Yes. What pisses you off about writing? Oh, um, uh, having to be stationary. <laughs> I wish I wish I could be in motion on a bike and write. I feel like I'm somebody that has to shift positions so often that if you had like, it's 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 pretty torturous for someone like me. Um, I'm not hyperactive. It's just. I, I have still not figured out like, oh, there's that great chair that I go to and I can sit there for hours. I, I'm still sort of like, what do I do with my body after 20 minutes? Well, I tried to set up a tray attached to my exercise bike and it did not work. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work. You're saving I, me a lot of time and trouble. I like, if you have I, a Peloton and you're trying and you see all those people writing while they have a tray there, it does not work. It's a ter- it would kill your back. I'm just saying. But if you do find a solution to that, let me know. Yeah, please let us know. <laughs> All right, Jeff, last question. Um, in terms of your entire oeuvre, Stephen, like if there, if you could be remembered for one scene, what would that scene be? That you've written, obviously. I think there's a the there's something really. Uh, I feel like I'll go away from the humans just because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to reveal too much. And then people will go like, that's his favorite scene. And then people go watch it and be disappointed. But there's a final scene. The final scene of sons of the prophet is um, I'm, I'm proud of it for a bunch of reasons. It, it ends in a very beautiful sort of abstract way where I feel like in a lot of my work as two people are very much in a physical therapy room and end up sort of on what feels like maybe a higher plane doing an ordinary thing, which is a series of nerve glides, these exercises with their hands. And it ends up looking like a beautiful, almost like a synchronized dance. And so I think of them being backlit and the beauty of that moment. Uh, But it also was a scene that people said, you can't do it because it involved a new character that hadn't been introduced. And it was a huge moment in following gut level instincts where I am somebody that loves craft and loves what I've learned from what I know about structure and storytelling and character development and arcs. And so I get very nervous when somebody, or in this case, a lot of people said, you can't have your final scene be, you can't introduce a new character in the final scene. Um, And I got that a lot. And it was a lesson in like uh, sticking to your guns. And also like, that's just a scene that encompasses sort of like how you could very easily um, uh, get so wrapped up in what you know to be valuable about structure and precedent that you also come to believe it in an unhelpful way too much. You also stop listening on a more Uh, as just a person experiencing a story. What brings you the most joy when it comes to writing? The most joy that I feel when I- Or consulting, writing or consulting. You have have two buckets you can use either. Okay, 
So when I'm writing, the thing that brings me the most joy is when I just allow myself to be free and that voice in my brain shuts off and I'm just like my characters talking to me. That is, that's probably the biggest high I get from writing. And then from consulting, my biggest high is when, you know, someone says, thank you. I know, I know, I know I can go forward now. You know, like I have some thoughts. So yeah, those are my two. Lovely. What pisses you off about writing and consulting? What pisses me off about writing is that it's never going to be as good as I think it was going to be in my head that like Meg, I love that you were talking earlier about that, that project that's like your state, your personal stakes around it are so high, you know? It's just like, I get, I get so mad that, that I, I can, my thing will never be what I first imagined it to be. But, but then I realized, okay, there's little moments that I think that even are even better than I imagined. Cause I didn't know those things when I started. Um, and there's really no- nothing that pisses me off about consulting. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> and the last question, Jeff, do you want to ask it? Sure. Uh, We'll go to your work, Pat, because, you know, you're a, you're a produced director in the industry, which is a huge achievement. But in terms of all of your work, either that's been made or maybe is yet to be made or even, you know, this novel you're working on. Is there something that you've written that you'd love to be remembered by? Oh, wow. Um, I think the, the book that I'm writing now, I mean, like, you know, it's a mystery thriller and like I'm just a huge fan of people who write them. And so I would love to be able to be one of them. What brings you the most joy when it comes to your work? Um, I really, I think it's like the moments while writing where you're just crying, laughing with the person you're writing with. Um, and obviously like seeing an audience then also laugh is quite nice. Um, I think I'm also brought joy by something we put in that is insane that gets no response which that will always make me laugh the hardest when it's like oh no a bunch of people just sat and listened to that and said absolutely nothing (laughs) (laughs) it's as if the entire audience stands up and in unison says no different joke please (laughs) really they all got on the same page of like absolutely not All right. So what pisses you off about your work? You got to type it up. That's so hard. Um, And like, pisses me off. Yeah. I'm like not a a naturally an outline person. I guess the hardest, the thing I am getting better at, which is another way of saying you're bad at something. The thing I'm getting better at is like the pitching process and talking about what I'm going to do before I do it. Um, cause like I came up in a place where you just wrote whatever you felt like and it either did well or didn't, um, which is not how most of the industry works. You kind of have to tell someone what you're going to do with their money before they give it to you, um, or after they give it to you. And then they're going to decide if they like the script or not. Um, it was full culture shock where I was like, Oh, I don't know how to tell a non clown <laughs> why this will be funny. I think maybe I could write it and it'll be funny. Right, right. But I don't know how to convince you. Or they're like, we didn't understand this thing. What is that? Like, right. Could we do it at the table read? And then people will go, ha, ha, ha. And then it'll be in the show. 
That's, um, that's really interesting. That shift over. Yeah. Yeah. And right, then, Jeff has the last one. If there's anything that you've written that you could be remembered for, uh, what would that be? Oh, um, I think <laughs> there, sometimes you get these little pearls that are just special pearls. Um, that I probably nephew pageant was a sketch I wrote, um, for, with AD Bryant. That was just, I, I have, there are a lot of aunts and nephews in my family and just the, the love of like the way that nephew card greeting cards are written is really funny to me. Like nephew, you are strong. <laughs> Congratulations on sports. You graduated and I'm so proud of your birthday. Um, that we wrote a, like a, a beauty pageant for excellent nephews and like what their hobbies, there's no way to, I'm not good at talking about my work out loud. It's, you, it's is that the one with Bowen, Bowen Yang is the, is he in that one too? I'm trying to um, remember. No, this was before he was on cast. This was Kit Harrington okay. was, was the winning nephew. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, it was just silly. And I, they, they, it was a good time. 80, 80 singing songs about why nephews are beautiful. <laughs> it's just my favorite. Put that on my grave. <laughs> Amazing. So what brings you the most joy about writing? Nothing. <laughs> All most, right, Alex. Uh, the laughter that Jenny and I get to share when we're writing easily it brings me the most joy but the writing itself the the going back and forth with pages really brings me joy like nothing. i love i love tossing pages back and forth nothing um, and snacking nothing and snacking <laughs> napping and snacking all right lauren your turn what pisses you off about writing all of it <laughs> i mean <laughs> that, that you that that ultimately you can't really be successful at it unless you go toward the lava which is everything we've ever been taught not to do all right and jeff um what if for both of you if you could be remembered for one scene that you've written what would that be oh my god, oh my god. easy question right first one that comes to mind first one i can answer for jenny okay you answer for me can I do that <laughs> yeah. sure i think the dishwasher scene and rachel getting married is so amazing. I just think it's a work of absolute perfection. Let's see if I can answer for Alex. Yeah, can you answer for Alex, Jenny? Or it could be something you both wrote together. No, there's a scene in um, the movie that we used to, that was originally called um, Welcome to People that ended up being called um, People Like Us. And uh, it's, there's Chris Pine is in a record store with a little boy. And it's very, and Chris Pine is so desperate in every aspect of his life. And you would think that this, even being in the record store with a little boy is bringing him peace, but you can see he even has to work hard in there. And I thought that's everything about human beings, plate spinning, um, running from the simple, uh, running away from the thing that'll give you peace. Um, the running that just like the, he couldn't even relax in that moment. And that was really extraordinary to me. What brings you the most joy when it comes to your work? I think that has changed. It, it always changes. I think, um, 
right now what is what is bringing me a lot of joy is um I get to do a lot of reading right now and so that's bringing a lot of joy to me personally <laughs> not writing I guess doing the legwork for writing <laughs> awesome so the next question is what pisses you off about your work uh about my job or my per work like about or either let's say um, pick writing work Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think what frustrates me the most is when I, when I, when I know for sure that a scene isn't functioning at optimal, it is optimal level and, um, but I'm getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm God. Like, we got it. Everyone else see what a piece of shit this is. Yeah. We can have a whole on this we could have a whole episode oh my on that god response. i love it i love it that yeah, inner critic is not fun um no. <laughs> maggie if you could be remembered for one scene that you've written what would it be oh that's damn that's hard um i oh wow uh i don't know i think the scene <laughs> scene right now and um well it's a sequence so I'm cheating, but I think um, the scene where, you know, Kathleen gets to speak her piece in the Chinese restaurant in episode seven and then takes us back into the house. And um, for me, that's um, a personal triumph and a character triumph. Um, and it feels good. It's a, a combination of those things. And maybe that's a good way to be remembered. <laughs> What brings you the most joy when it comes to your writing? <laughs> I laugh because I, I I'm I'm gonna sound like a sociopath. My my favorite part about writing, honestly, is like for whatever reason you read something you've already written that maybe you haven't thought about in a while, and going back through and like laughing out loud or like being like, oh yeah, that's like that's that's pretty good. And just those small little reminders, those little ego boosts of like you you can do this sometimes. You're not total, a total dumpster fire. I mean, you are, but like, this was funny. And you, and like laughing out loud at something that you have done prior, these good little nuggets of like, oh, okay. All right. I, 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 I'm okay now until tomorrow. I love that. Um, and uh, what pisses you off about your writing? You guys have talked about like the, what is it? 30,000 foot view or whatever, 3000 foot view. It's kind of like that where I, I have this feature I've been mulling about for years and years and years, and it's it's all there. I'm look I'm in the helicopter. I'm looking down. It's this gorgeous valley, and there's houses, and there's bridges, and there's tunnels, and there's trees, and there's parks. And it's all so wonderful, and I can't wait to put it on paper. And I keep trying to lower the helicopter, and there's power lines. Okay, well I'm going to go over to the park. Well, don't go to the park because there's intersecting lines underneath the park, and that's kind of confusing. Go somewhere easier. Okay, well I'll go over here, and I just spend my time not being able to break into the story because I've decided in my head it's too complex and everything's connected to each other that there's no way to start so then I just don't fucking start and I sit around and pout and that pisses me off so much because I have seen the movie so many times and it's great and Jim Carrey's the star of it and he's really he's got a commanding performance and there's this great musical number at the end I just there's nowhere to start because it's all connected and so complex and sorry it's never going to get written and that fucking <laughs> pisses me off <laughs> barf draft that's what it's time for it's time for a barf draft that is my Ugh. prescription. And my prescription is write it as badly as you can. 
that's my prescription. Um, go ahead, Jeff, you asked the last one. Yes, um, David, if you could be remembered for one scene that you've written, what scene would that be and why? Can I, can it be something I've directed instead? I just like, I was thinking about that and I was like, all the things I've written, I don't know, like I, uh, there are certain things I like, but there's, there's something I did once, which I was very proud of because I was directing a production of Mamma Mia. Now everyone relax. I know it's not the greatest show in the world. It's not the greatest movie. It's a silly script or whatever, but I, I struggled with getting personally connected with it and feeling anything other than glittery disco balls, bullshit. And I was just feeling kind of down. And the end of the show, if you don't know, it is, Um, Donna, who's the, you know, the, the lead, her daughter's going off to get married. And so the the end of the show is typically daughter and mother hugging daughter and new fiance by themselves, walking all the way upstage to the, the, the giant lit moon and they big hug and it's romantic and they're going to go off under their journey. And that's the end of the show. And I just, I just always felt so uh, stupid and I just didn't know what it was. And I just, it's got like one of these days in rehearsals, I was just like, the show is not about her. It's not about this girl. It's about the mom and her relationship to her daughter. And I just went, fuck, how do I make that the end of the show? And it was a tiny change, but all of that happened that I just told you and daughter and, and, and um, uh, fiance started to walk off stage. And then daughter kind of says like, I'll catch up with you, runs back, gives mom a big hug, daughter runs off. And then we're just left with mom. And we were left with mom as the kind of lights were just slowly coming. And mom just kind of blows an air kiss to where her daughter once was. And that's where we live. And then she closes the door. And that was the end of the show. And I don't know why. I don't know why that that is. I, I think about that a lot. But like it, it was this like, oh, I just got overwhelmed in rehearsal. I kind of choked up a little bit. I It just, I was like, ah. And that feeling, that like high, that we're, I feel like we chase as writers and directors and actors, like that was like peak high. And it was this regional production of Mamma Mia, like who cares? But it just like, oh God, it felt so good. And, and so I'm, I'm very proud of that. It's so beautiful. Lovely. So, yeah. so beautiful. It's such a good reminder too. It's always character and it's relationship, right? It's People think they, think they want a big happy wedding ending and that's the end of the show, but they really want to see a mom yearned for the relationship she once had with her daughter. Like that's what we want, so. And that you could recognize this show is about the mother and mm-hmm. that happens so much in our writing, you know? I, I love that, very emotional. What do you love about writing? Um, I love that, to, how much time do I have? As much <laughs> I mean, as you want. I mean, yeah, love good. that, good, uh, go. I, I will say that one thing I, I, again, I tell students and it sounds lame at first and then I hopefully unlame it very quickly is that writing is magic, lame, I know. But like the word spell actually comes from the word spell as in magic spell. Because way back in the day, the idea that an experience could happen and somebody could make marks on a surface and then get on horseback hundred miles away, somebody else looks at those marks and knows what happened to you, might know how you felt, might know you, a person you've never seen will know you. You know, that was magic then that you could take feelings, freeze them and unfreeze them inside somebody else. And not just one person, a hundred people, a thousand people, and not just a hundred miles away, a thousand miles away, 5,000 miles away, whatever. And not just the next day, years later, a hundred years later, a thousand years later, we're still having conversations with people who started them a thousand years ago, you know? And that's the thing. It's like, 
it's a gift when you think it. We're so used to writing things all the time and email and this and that. We don't think of it. But you have the, the ability to be known and to be seen in a very real way if you do it, even if it's through other characters. We use that character as a proxy. And we say, okay, these feelings, you feel those feelings because they came from me. And we now know each other. And so we're not alone. And that's a, it's a privilege to be able to do that, to waking up feelings that you choose to wake up in someone else. There's a lot of fun and control to that too, and a very powerful feeling, but it's a doorway into someone else and creating that bridge. And I think that every now and again, I have to remind myself of that opportunity uh, that comes with this, this miracle that is writing that we're so used to, we forget it's a miracle. It's just so brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, so, um, question two is what pisses you off about writing? Oh, uh, <laughs> that it's that it's due tomorrow when I'm not finished. Um, okay, <laughs> about writing. Um, I think the same same things that inspire me about it kind of piss me off. Is is that I want the writing to, in my mind, justify its existence. And as I get older and there's just more writing in the world and more writing in the world and more writing in the world and it's all, some of it's disposable and then some of it's brilliant and that's the cool, brilliant thing, but why am I saying it? That's already been said. Maybe I'll say it in a new way. I don't know. But I think the, the, uh, the bar that I set drives me crazy and sometimes paralyzes me. Mm-hmm. I will also say, and this, this I, I don't know, I don't mean for this to sound a humble brag. I totally don't, but I have been successful. And I worked on terrific shows and I got, you know, nice recognition for it. And now when I write things, it, I feel like it's got to live up to that. I feel like whatever I say, any joke I make, like here in Cleveland, I make a joke about something. And I know that some people, most, a lot of people here don't know that I wrote for TV. I just don't talk about it. It feels like a different life now. But the people who do, I'll joke around and you know, they're kind of looking at like, oh, hmm, okay. I'm sure you were really great at Modern Family. I guess someone else was in charge of the jokes. You know? <laughs> And, and there's this bar that, that didn't exist there before. And I could just play and I could do things that were this good and this good and this good. And I could be, I could write something that was bad for a while. And then maybe a year later, find some way to make it great or just throw it out. I had that sort of freedom, but now I'm just so aware of this past that is like this, this anchor that just holds me down sometimes creatively. And that's my own stuff to deal with. It should not be like that. And it's something I'm working through. Well, it's so important to remember to play. And it's so hard to play when you have the self-consciousness of, of, of the past now yeah. or the expectation. Absolutely. Totally hear yeah. you. And we talk yeah. about it on the show a lot that like for our emerging writers, one of the big gifts that they have that will eventually be taken away from them is this unmarked career in front of them. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like that's, I know it can feel impossible to have the whole mountain ahead of you and you envy that person that's maybe closer to the top of it, but there's a lot that you have that's a power, a superpower that an emerging writer has that some of those established writers don't have. So I'm glad you acknowledged it, Dan. I think it's valuable to be reminded of. Yeah, absolutely. So the last question is, what have you written that you want to be remembered by? Like if, if there was one scene or moment that you've written that we were going to remember you by, what would it be? Well, I have, uh, I, I suppose there's a couple in TV that I'm rather proud of. I did come up with the ending of a new heart where he wakes up with Suzanne. Mm. Um, uh, but um, I also, you know, I wrote one line that got into the ether somehow. I've written a couple, but there's this one that always kind of confused me because it's not that funny, but uh, I'm sure you've heard somebody say something awkward and then look around and say, did I say that out loud? Okay. Mm-hmm. I wrote that for an episode of Cheers uh, in like 1990. Oh my and, God. Um, it didn't exist before then. And it became, it became, it came because in the writer's room, you pitch stuff and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and you just go on. But if you pitch something really long and it doesn't work, 
then you're kind of like, Ur. and I did that. Ur. And I looked at the person next to me. I said, did I say that out loud? And we all laughed. And then, you know, a year later, someone said, let's put Dan's line in there. Uh, and then people started doing it on different sitcoms and then people started doing it in real life. Um, so I'm afraid that's in a way, no one knows it's me, but in a way that that's the thing I'll be remembered for. I would uh, prefer to be remembered. I wrote a textbook on comedy theory and it took me years and years and years to write and it took me a lifetime to kind of work out because I was not a funny child when I decided I was going to start being funny. I was eight years old and I had to literally figure it out day after day, month after month, year after year uh, to the annoyance of everyone around me. <laughs> uh, and it, I learned a lot. And then when I was on TV shows where you had, a, you were, it was a laboratory, you had a live audience there every week. And so you'd tweak this and tweak that and you'd start to understand how things, what variables were coming into play. And I started reading about comedy theory and everyone seemed to have it wrong. Everyone always started with the wrong equation. All comedy is X. As soon as you do that, you're dead because you're eliminating other things that could be funny. And then it's like, well, why was that funny if it's not X? You know, I, I think com comedy is a, a, a landscape of variables that may come into play. And, you know, also those variables, they may not work, you know, but you have to just sort of understand that I created sort of a theoretical landscape. And uh, I'm very proud of the book because in a way that was the end of a journey that started when I was eight years old. Um, and uh, it's like, why are people laughing? What is, what is so funny? And is that book available on Amazon? Huh? Yeah. It's called, uh, what are you laughing at? A, a comprehensive guide to the comedic event. Um, All right, people, we know what we're doing this weekend. It's a bit of a slog. Just skim, just skim and it'll be fine. <laughs> what brings you the most joy when it comes to coaching and consulting? I would say what brings me the most joy is seeing the arc of growth of the writer and understanding when I see someone go from not understanding to understanding at a level that creates a belief in their voice, that creates the possibility of having a career with longevity. So when I see that happen, that transformation in the process, that's what brings me the most joy. On the flip side, Jen, what pisses you off most about coaching and consulting? I would say what pisses me off most is the writer who has the talent, but doesn't do the emotional work on the belief. So continually the writer gets in their own way so that the dream isn't going to happen. That frustrates me. And if you could be remembered for one contribution you've made as a consultant, as an executive, however that contribution uh, was done, what would it be? It would probably be probably be something that helped me my entire career, which was focus on the work. The work is the one thing you can control. Block out the noise and focus on the work and the work will get you where you want to go. Well said. What brings you the most joy when it comes to directing, writing, whatever, you know, your career, your, your job as a storyteller? I mean, hands down, the best part about making anything for me, I, I love, I'm a, I'm a, like a campfire guitarist. I call myself like regarding like creative skills. Like I'm pretty good at like, I play music. I can sing and play guitar around a campfire enough. I can draw well enough. I can animate pretty good. I can model uh, and write well enough. Um, but I really, 
you know, my, if I was a different, in a different life, I would have been a musician in some way. And when your movie is finished and you're watching the score, um, the, the scoring session, so much of the work is done that you can actually like breathe for a second and enjoy it. And uh, the, like I say, like, don't look for those like end moments, but those are, that's one that I like, it, it's just like, it's impossible not to break down crying watching the music like be made. It's just impossible because it's so, so much talent coming together in a single moment. So I think those kind of things, those really super collaborative moments that you can't do by yourself are the coolest, joyful moments. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like scoring too, it adds a disproportionate amount of artfulness to whatever. Like you can have an amazing script that looks great. I just cut a feature and I feel like, I mean, this was a year ago now, but like adding the score made it feel like a quote real movie where you're like, oh my gosh, it's not just people talking anymore. Like, yeah. So I so agree. Um, on the flip side of that, Patrick, what pisses you off about, I'll say writing, but I'll also say your work, yeah. just the creative, your creative life. I don't like, um, like sometimes you realize that like, there's no way I leave this situation friends with this wonderful person. Just in the, like the general way things tumble out. And you're like, I really wish that I didn't have to be a part of like firing them or something like, like with some kind of, like you have to make a choice, like my career or theirs sometimes. And like, what do you do? And um, that's terrible. It's like the, the, like I'd like to be, I wanna be universally liked by everyone, but it's not possible. And uh, yeah, that's frustrating. The responsibility and the reality of being a boss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I really just want to make like high budget uh, YouTube videos I send out to the world and somehow like have like don't go broke. A billion likes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just like, can you just make what you want and give it to people? I like we're not we're not there yet with animation because it's too hard, but like it's not we're not Dude, like, terribly far. We're getting there. Yeah, I know. getting there. Very exciting. All right. If you could be remembered for one scene that you've written, directed, worked on so far, what which one would it be and why? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about things that aren't in things, which is weird to say, right? Like uh, things that I'm like, oh, that was going to be amazing and it got cut and I wish it was there. That's what pops into my head right mm -hmm. away. I, what I am most proud of is the ability to make in Feast to ability to make something that where the score, the uh, kind of the, the geometric uh, dance that... Um, shape is doing on the screen and the actual emotion behind it kind of line up in one that you know you can make a silent film montage that that can um actually land a story that kind of makes sense is i i really do i really am happy with where it was i was it's tricky though like right when you finish everything you're like it's all bad i'm not sure anything's good or anyone's gonna like everything and it takes like a year we're seeing it with a few audiences and you're like oh maybe it's okay and then yeah. years later on disney plus or whatever you're like i kind of like it <laughs> Don't you oh, think it goes from being the best thing to the worst thing to like, it's fine. Like, yeah. I feel like every project at least feels that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, mostly what comes to mind is things I'm excited to do next. Like that's like, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be remembered for something I already did. I want to be remembered for something that's like 10 years from now. Well, I knew you were going to yeah. say that for some reason. That's why I said so far, that's why I qualified it. Cause I was like, yeah. Oh, he's going to want to say like, this thing I'm thinking of now or working on or gonna do next. Cause that's what I think about, Yeah, you know, when this thing I get to do. 
All right. Yeah, well, like, thank I'm like you 20 so much. years in. I hopefully can do it another 20 years or so. There's more stuff, you know. Sure. More stuff. Thanks so much, everyone. And we'll see you on part two next week. And I hate to steal Lorian's thunder, but I think it has to be said. Remember, you are not alone. And keep writing. 